Hello, welcome to the Life Done Differently podcast with me, Neil Whitten, and my co-host, Ray Richards. Join us on our journey to find out what separates the doers from the thinkers. Hello, everyone. In this episode, we speak to Kim Slade. Kim is dad to Dexter. He's husband to Nicola. He runs Touch Video Academy and Unlost, an adventure company. Kim is brave and he's honest, and he's decided to do what he can to, in his own words, lick the lid of life, hence the title of this episode, possibly my favourite yet. Like many of the people we've spoken to on this podcast, this is not a story of unadulterated success yet. It's a real story with highs and lows, from mountain adventures and desert islands to living on a leaky boat with nappies on the ceiling, grief and depression. What I love about Kim is the clarity of his direction. He knows he wants to spend how he wants to spend his time and he also knows it's going to be a hard slog balancing that with the need to earn money. He teaches us, I think, that asking for help and conversation are very good ways to react to rock bottom. And he teaches us that swapping thinking for action, in his case, restoring Barry the camper van, is a very powerful therapy too. I have very little doubt that Kim will succeed in the way he wants to, but there are certainly going to be more peaks and troughs to come before he finds the balance that he's looking for. Kim is one of life's adventurers who simply wants to avoid regrets and understands that discomfort is a necessary part of the process. I think you'll enjoy it. As always, Kim Slade, licking the lid of life. So you you were just at summer camp. Yeah. And the thing that connects up summer camp for any listeners is that uh, Lawrence McCarhill, who was on, uh, when would it have been now? Three or four months ago? Five? Yeah, something like that. Um, he, they, he runs Happy Startup School and they do a summer camp once a year well, I think they do it in some different countries or something as well uh, they, they do it once a year and then they do retreats to yeah. different countries that are kind of like a miniature focused version for smaller groups and Kim you, cool were, you were just saying before we started that you so part of your journey has been um, via the Happy Startup School giving you some confidence and giving you um, opportunity to kind of look at yourself and challenge what you're doing and then make quite a significant change as I understand it but you were just telling us about how you were there this weekend just gone was it uh it was not this weekend the weekend before okay. that I think yeah and you were and you were speaking there yeah I was a speaker yeah, yeah. and it went the question I just asked before we started recording properly was um what made you what made you talk there um, yeah so it was um so as I say like about five years ago when I decided to start my first business um not having a clue but those guys uh Lawrence and Carlos kind of liked my crazy ideas enthusiasm and said oh you should come up and jump up on stage at summer camp like and, and do something and like say basically pitch your idea sort of thing so I did that five years ago and then obviously been on a bit of a crazy journey since and um a lot of friends of those got good friends now with those guys and um they asked me to Lawrence said with not a lot of um not a lot of notice at all uh, yeah, why don't you come and be a speaker at camp? How much notice? Uh, less than a week. Oh, wow. I okay. Think. But I was also away with my family at the time, so it was like not a time that I could really afford to be 
I needed to be present with them, with mm. my family. So that was actually a good thing. And I think maybe he did it on purpose because he knows me well. If I'd had a lot of time. Yeah, you might have overthought it. Overthought it. it and, yeah. da, da, da. and this way I just sort of like done a, just bullet pointed loads of stuff out. He gave me some, he said, he gave me some ideas of stories that he'd heard me say that he thought were hilarious or fun or interesting. Um, and, and I was like, mate, each one of them is like a 10 minute story by itself, you know, that requires some performance. <laughs> um, how am I going to, and then, so I, so I, um, I felt like I needed something to connect it all. And, uh, and it was just, it, it was basically confidence. Um, cause I've had a bit of a journey in that okay. myself and yeah, so I, I kind of hung the talk off confidence really. And it was a good, uh, good, good way for me to sort of come full circle after five mm. years and go, oh, yeah, like we just said, oh, I've done, oh, I have actually done some stuff. Maybe it's a good time to look at it and see how that might, you know, how other people might be able to learn from it as well. I yeah. think we should all do that every so often. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. You know, because you, you don't, you, a lot of the time you, you look forward and <clears throat> beat yourself up that you haven't, you're not getting where you want to get to. But mm. sometimes you, when you look back, you think, wow, I've come a long way. You know, I can, I can, I can sort of make change happen. Yeah, definitely. Uh, I'm guilty of like looking to the next thing, next thing, next thing. And actually, like I was just saying to you before we started, I'm like, I've just come off the back of three big things that I did. And I'm like, oh, all I need to do really is just relax and just go, oh, God, look at the stuff I just did. Maybe, you know, edit some videos and pictures or whatever. But I well, just enjoy, like, just enjoy that moment. Just, just yeah, reflect exactly. on it and take some time to just yeah, enjoy it. Yeah, got to. So that, so that f five years ago um, was quite a big moment of change for you. So I suppose as a starter, be good to understand if you remember before that journey and that change, that pivotal moment, how did you used to describe yourself to people back back before that? And then we'll come to, and then take us towards that, that moment of finding the happy startup school, mm. how you found it, why you found it. And then we'll talk some more about um, how you describe yourself today. Um, so I guess when I, uh, I guess starting from like, you know, childhood, I grew up in Bognor Regis down the road. Yeah. Um, and I kind of, all, I, I guess I described myself as, um, I mean, kids don't really describe themselves, do they really? But, but I mean, as as I started to work and stuff and get jobs and whatever, I just kind of did odd stuff, random stuff, whatever work I could get because I was always kind of saving to go traveling. And I loved to just travel and um, have experiences like festivals, traveling, whatever I could, whatever, you know, amazing things look to be fun. Um, and so I just did random stuff. But then I, I did music technology at university. Um, and then I, I was a singer-songwriter, so... I, wrote songs played music and i guess that was my main thing for a long time um and so i'd describe myself as that before you know a few years ago and i guess i was that what you so if you try and remember back to why you decided to do music technology and singer songwriter was that a goal to to be to be known and to release music what what um i think i just really enjoyed writing music and creating stuff um and it was, it, I remember being trying to decide what to do at uni and it was either going to be like animation or something visual creativity or, or music technology or music. Uh, and I thought, well, I don't really feel like I need to go learn music as such because I can play guitar and I can sing and I'm not too bothered about the intricacies. I just like the expression of songwriting. Mm. So I'll go learn how to record it. Um, you know, in hindsight, like probably everybody, it probably would have been more useful to do something 
different in terms of like doing the visual arts but you know it's easy to say now uh but yeah music technology is stoner's degree isn't it so, <laughs> so like um so yeah i just kind of uh i was i guess i described myself as a songwriter and i just wanted to be i just wanted to write music and play music great enjoyment from it um but i think because of my i guess my personality my interests are so broad and like like loads of different stuff I knew after a few years of giving it a go that to be only a um, singer-songwriter, that was, you had to be only a singer-songwriter. Mm. You had to do just that and put 110% into only that until you made it. Like, that's the only way to make it as as a musician in that hard, in that hard world. Um, and I just, into too much different stuff and I just kind of got distracted and went different places. And um, Did you try? Do, do you think there were times when I'd you tried say, the hundred and ten percent? I'd say I had periods of it. Um, went on some tours. I, I also I worked with um, from the Jam, which was the original Jam members, Bruce Foxton and uh, and um, a friend of mine, Russell. And I was a, like a guitar tech, drum tech, and I started supporting them as well on tours and getting good responses. Played some amazing gigs for for a young person on their own, just on the guitar playing. What, what like, kind of age would that have been? Uh, guess 20 or oh, so yeah something like that just okay. after uni so yeah 19 20 uh-huh. um and yeah started yeah 2021 maybe i don't know, I remember numbers but yeah young just out of uni um played some amazing gigs and like, had great fun and um done some support acts for other people as well but i'd realized that you just needed to give give it absolutely all of it and i wanted to go traveling um i wanted to do different things so I just sort of did odd jobs in between and went traveling, experienced the world really. And t- so tell us about some of those uh, early adventures. Um, well, the first one, I've always been going with my wife. So well, early adventures were like, as kids, we used to do loads of stuff. You know, like my mum was very adventurous. She'd take us take us to festivals, you know, hippie festivals, we call mm. it. And we'd just be allowed to be feral, you know, see you in two days. You know, we'd run into the woods and do all sorts of fun stuff, crafts and all that kind of thing. Um, and we had, my mum would really encourage our imaginations. So we'd go on a lot of adventures that I guess now would seem small, but at the time were like seriously like amazing adventures. I was just thinking, I think I've met your mum. I think you might have. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I and I remember actually, I think she might have told me something about a festival that she took because there's four four of you, isn't there? Yeah, I'm the youngest of four boys. Yeah. I, so, I, yeah. I just, it was just as, in the moment that you said that, I feel like I, I, yeah, I had a mm. kind of... A flashback. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, my mum was a lot of fun. So a lot of adventure, like adventurous childhood and a bit having like, four older brothers, I kind of got to do, I guess, things that were probably ahead of my age in conventional... Yeah things causing all sorts of mischief as you do as a kid in Bogner. Um and then um but actually going on like paying to go other places, um me and my wife did I guess what a lot of people do, go standard, went to went to Thailand and it really opened our eyes to like uh to what was out, you know, to the world. We went to Thailand, Cambodia and had an amazing time. But what we I guess tried to do is we've always been a little bit like you don't want to just go on the do the touristy mm. thing so we've always that was when we first started like not we went and we didn't didn't have a guidebook or anything we just kind of i was just like talking to every trying to talk to every local and just get secret 
secret things you know want to know what what the tourists what the other people don't and go to those places so we ended up having incredible experiences um and i ended up like fulfilling one of my bucket list dreams which was uh to like swing on vines like indiana jones Ah, fantastic and um (laughs) yeah it was incredible i've got a great photo actually that i uh, you know i still cherish that picture but um yeah done some amazing stuff went to some amazing places that we we felt like we were doing stuff that other people wouldn't do when they were traveling and that was like really gave us the bug you know doesn't nicola have a similar attitude towards travel to you yeah yeah she i mean she kind of uh, i think i've um i think i've definitely like pulled her into places that she wouldn't necessarily have gone otherwise but she does you know she loves that so you're the leader she's a willing follower uh yeah but she also makes key decisions sometimes as well because i'm also like i'll come up with like a million options and whittle them down to the best four and she'll just be like stop thinking about it we're just doing this yeah okay you know so she's she's a good part she's part of the team yeah yin and yang yeah she's definitely like gets things gets things moving cuts through the bullshit when i'm overthinking just so so i would like uh, on many occasions traveling i would like say we're doing this and she'd be like all right I trust you because it's gonna you know she trusts me to mm. do it. so so why why was it important to do to go places that others weren't um i think that's a question that i'm still trying to figure out today in everything that i do i tend to always try to think uh, like the ideas and the things that I'm trying to do in projects, they're always so different. And I kind of like curse myself, like, why do you have to be so, what are you trying to prove to somebody? I don't know. Is that the creator's dilemma? Uh, I don't know. I don't know, really. I think it's just, I just come up with, I just have like a, a vision for something. It usually start. It usually starts with an idea and then go out and seek that idea. Mm-hmm. So like having, like swinging on vines, like I wanted to swing on vines because I wanted to be Indiana Jones. Yeah. And um and so it was like that then leads the adventure and like that's not really something that people go people don't go to Thailand and go oh I'm going to go to Thailand and swing on some vines. <laughs> <laughs> They're like oh, I'm going to go for a wind party and drink oh, some I've, buckets uh, or whatever. I've been to Thailand a few times I've definitely never done that but <laughs> but uh, that was actually I wish I Cambodia had. but um you know it's it's more like that like seeking an experience that I guess is a bit unusual and then I find I find myself doing it uh, I guess seeking that thing that was different it was I guess it wasn't necessarily for this is before Instagram so it wasn't exactly like gloating oh yeah I've done, I've done this different yeah, than yeah. I've done but it was just like I didn't want to be around everybody else in a queue to look at the same thing it was like I want to go on an adventure and for me an adventure is like finding something new and like seeking something seeking something different so, so would it be fair to say that you didn't want to be ordinary um yeah i think i i think it's fair to say that i didn't want to be ordinary but i don't quite know why that is i guess um yeah i think i think it's my i think it's for my not necessarily didn't want to be ordinary for other people but like for myself wanted to, to do to something feel as though you were, were going yeah. against the flow is it yeah i don't know if it's it's a little bit against i guess it's a little bit against but also just i just love creating what, what yeah i, I was love picking like up on something new and like feeling like that's just you're come a pioneer from, yeah 
love that that's that's a good 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 yeah I was, okay. I was really picking up when you were talking about um not really knowing why you were going to be a um was it sound technician mm. but knowing that you but you just enjoyed making music and the creativity of singing yeah. and songwriting and then when you talked about the vines it sounded like what you were saying is when you saw that film you started to see yourself and imagine yourself being indiana jones so then it was almost like you're you're starting to create the vision of something that's going to of a creative outlet yes that will not necessarily come true in the truest sense but is going to be a vehicle that moves you to a destination and that and the word pioneer is good because i think often that's how like the pioneering spirit comes about isn't it that you don't you're not doing it for the benefit of others you're doing it because it's just that kind of creative will inside you yeah and it's like i see what you're saying there and i think with the with the songwriting it was like as soon as i learned a few chords you know you learn some tunes or whatever by oasis or whatever it mm. was at the time and then you kind of go all right well i forget that within five minutes and then i just want to make my own ones because i can because it's creativity and i'm like i'm just getting to do something but not new. every musician does that a lot of musicians very happy just playing other people's music yeah and that's and that's awesome too and i wish most of the time i wish like people say oh can you play this you can play that or you're around a campfire and you're like oh you sound really pretentious i only know my own tunes <laughs> do you know what i mean yeah. it's just like um but it was the fact that you know as soon as you've got a few things you can make something new from it and i'm still like that today like literally yes this weekend i put up two shelves in my my living room that i'm so proud of <laughs> yeah, because i right. made them yeah yeah from a bit of wood i found in the bin and you know the the white um like cordage that you put up neck curtains with you mm. know the like oh yeah rubber with a spring inside mm. i made them out of that and like I'm like yes <laughs> that you know i've made something new out of something i'm different. so pleased because it just <laughs> behind you in that little room there there are some shelves that need sorting so <laughs> yeah. i'm really grateful you're here yeah. i just love making stuff and i think even, and that includes making like your own path or mm. making things come true or mm. making ideas i get a vision in my head and i'm like i need to get i need that needs to be the vision and that goes to micro to macro like whether it's uh you know we're sitting at a gig and i'm like i can't stand here and my mates are like why why can't you stand here just just watch it like we've got and i'm like no it's gonna look so much better over there and they're like oh it's hassle man like i can't bother to walk over trust me just let's just go over there because i promise you it'll be better and i'm always like that and, and it's really annoying uh my wife does <laughs> <laughs> and then usually like usually some there's a certain few friends who who, who know me well and they go yeah just let's just do it Kim said. Uh, watch the Derek Sivers video you definitely need to watch the Derek Sivers video if you haven't seen it before I haven't seen yeah, it yeah but Real I realise it's annoying for most people because it, it seems like I'm being not content and happy with where we are but it's more like if you can do it a little bit like better or have a more interesting view or have it, then why not yeah. it doesn't take more it usually takes a small amount of effort to get it was like in Thailand like the, the swinging on vines you know, this was, um, so Angkor Wat is obviously a very famous temple. Um, there's a massive temple complex in Cambodia, like um, amazing temples. And we went there and it was it was awesome to see, you know, what you see in the pictures and all of that, great. And then I'm like, to the to the tuk-tuk driver, I'm like, where where are the other, because I'd read there's other temples. I'm like, where's the temples that there's no tourists? Like, where can we go? And, you know, he starts telling me about places and I'm like, Nicola, we, we've got to go to these places. And, and she's like, yeah, but how are we going to get, you know, he's like, I can drive you. It'll take two hours on a dusty road on a tuk-tuk. 
and obviously you've got to put a lot of trust in the tuk-tuk drivers if it's driving you way yeah. out of any sort of tourist zone um I'm like, yeah, we'll go there. And he's like, you need to, you know, I have to pick you up at like three in the morning. And, and it's like, yeah, yeah, we're doing that. Like, take us to the ones, the temples that aren't rebuilt, that aren't, you know, let's go find them. Um, and we went on this amazing journey in the dark, like bruised asses <laughs> bumping up and down and scarves around her face from the dust and ended up in this amazing temple complex which was literally like Tomb Raider, like where it looks, it looks the same as what you see in Tarprom and all these temples of all the trees and the roots. But there's no there's no tourists, there's no entry fee, it's just in the jungle. And you know, you're crawling in amongst the, the ruins and it's yeah, Indiana Jones, mate. It's yeah, it does seem like there's a c consistent theme here, isn't there? Yeah. <laughs> the Indiana Jones. Well, it's just that particular one, yeah. There's, yeah, yeah. there's so as there's you, many 80s icons that I wish to become. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But <laughs> as you um as you got a few of these adventures under your belt, mm. um, what 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 would you say was the next phase so then if you take yourself back to the to that time and think about how you were thinking about building a life for yourself and for nicola mm. and and again to that question of how you described yourself what what would you say was the next evolution for you um well i remember i was, I was working with uh from the jam and i was like you know it's good work it was great fun you're on a tour bus you know it's rock and roll it's great you know it's great um and again i looked toward it and thought you know i could keep doing this and i could you know I'd, i was making a good impression to give me more responsibility and all that sort of stuff and i could make this could be a great career i've got music technology this is a path um and it was like this solid you know uh but i just looked at it and i was like do i really want to do i is this all again it was like you have to kind of commit to that and this is all you're all you're going to do can you remember the moment was this a moment where you had these thoughts um i can't remember a very exact moment but i remember i left because we were going traveling again okay because <laughs> it was like oh we've got this tour coming up it was like another tour da, 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 and i said no and it was like and my mate uh russell who was like got me in in the first place and is still with those guys he was like, come on, mate, don't go, you know, you, this is an amazing opportunity for you. This is, you know, this is great, it's great. And So there was a fork in the road here. Yeah. And it was like, yeah, do you go on the next tour mm. and kind of build the career? Yeah, because I was also, also getting asked by other bands as well. And it was like, okay, well, this could be a thing. Yeah. Um, But it was like, I just, just needed to go and have more adventures. Like, And, and what, what was Nicola's influence on that decision? Um, We, I think we were both ready to go on more adventure we both had the bug um and we would live still living in bogner and we knew that bogner wasn't the place for us we felt a bit different felt like you know unconventional i guess for for like a more of a place where you know people t t tend to take a, a a route that's kind of laid out already mm. you know um and we both knew we just wanted to ad more adventure basically and it was just like yeah, I can't remember her specific view on it. I mean, she she's kind of trusted my judgment on things and let me very freely do what I feel is right. Um, and at the time, it was like we just wanted to go on another adventure. And we... And sorry, your friend, was it Russell? Yeah. Uh, he was saying, come on, like this is... Yeah, it's a great career. It's a good, good opportunity. Uh, and, but and it was, it is. You know, they're, they're still touring now and, and I could have worked for other bands. I had, by that time, I had friends who were doing tours for big bands and working all over the place and so so can i just 
come back to this moment because <clears throat> for your mate Russell, mm. he can see a good career mm-hmm. for you, and he probably wanted to have you around as well. I yeah, would imagine. Yeah. Um, you wanted adventure, mm-hmm. and it it sounds like that's you're backing yourself there that it's going to be all right. So yeah. you've got a certain amount of confidence. I just, just sort of coming back Definitely, to the, yeah. you know, your, your, your talk at the Happy Startup School, which is mm-hmm. your journey and a journey, the consistent theme through your journey was how confident you felt. I, yeah, or unconfident. Or unconfident, yeah, exactly. And, and we all feel unconfident mm-hmm. and confident, don't we, at yeah. various parts of our life. And that can change from one week to the next. Yeah. But at that moment, you obviously felt some degree of confidence. I think as a young, I think when I was younger, like I had a lot of confidence. Um, my mum and dad just were like gave us as much confidence as we need to try anything do anything we wanted there was never really any sort of like set rules um in the house there was never any real level of like you're grounded for this or grounded for that it was just like if you did something that was out of line it was like you know disappointment Mm. yeah yeah yeah. and and understanding sort of thing rather than like you can't do this can't do that Mm. so it was like just and also just have a have a crack have a go see what happens you know it was always like um, I think that's why that was one of the points I said in the talk was like confidence I think I realised early on or for me specifically confidence is not thinking you're going to be good at everything it's having the bollocks to try it mm. and not care so much if you're not that's right yeah. because actually that's how you get good yeah because you don't just get good from not having a go like so you know it, I very much been like that so I guess I was backing myself to be like I can find something else and you know, I'm but confident did, did you did you understand that did you understand that that failure, if that's the right word, mm. um, was something that was also useful, or did it, or did it um, knock you? Uh, I guess at that time, I hadn't felt much failure. I don't think. Yeah, so it. everything had worked out everything pretty much. Worked out. I'd, I'd very steady flow of it and been like yeah it's all good you know yeah just okay. keep going crack all right on. Mm. yeah good so, okay yeah so i hadn't like, been hit with any major things no okay um, and but but you hadn't failed either everything had kind of gone to plan roughly yeah, and i guess yeah. I, in my mind i hadn't i guess i tried you know there's things i tried i did you know, i passed at uni and you know <laughs> and so it wasn't really like fail you know i did all right in my exams it didn't feel like a failure yeah uh you know at school um can't really remember anything i mean the the, the biggest level of fa- failure i felt and i remember feeling from being a kid was not being that good at football <laughs> <laughs> right <laughs> because yeah. all my brothers were really good and all my mates were really good mm. and i just remember always seeming to play for a team but never play yeah or being goalie <laughs> yeah no, i was never even goalie but uh you know just just being and, and that felt like a bit of a thing yeah. i love football and i love I, I love playing now but you know just i guess that was probably the only level of like having a go at something and, and yeah. not being good mm. enough for, for for other people um that was probably a thing i just want to understand one more thing around so bring you back to that decision of do you go on this next mm. big tour or go off traveling what was the role of money at that time in your life money was traveling money was how much I could, what I'd realised is when we went to on the first trip, it was like you realise how much, how little you, you need, can spend, yeah. and how good a time you can have spending very <laughs> little. And it was like, hang on a minute, you know, got to pay this much for rent in a flat, and we we're paying this much for that, and that. we can literally 
if we just get the flight out of the way, let's say for the flight, we we can we and we were never we travelled very frugally, mm. like made a point of being like, well, we can just stay in a simplest bamboo shack. So one is. one month's work would give you three or four months travel time. Exactly, thing. and it was yeah. like you know months in paradise for like a little yeah, bit yeah. of work. And, Why and wouldn't you do that? Did, did that mean that um, in many ways money as a consideration of either safety or a measure of success in some regard mm. was just off the table because it was no i never really saw it as a measure of merit it wasn't money i guess that time it still is to a certain degree but i've changed my mindset on money changed a bit but mm. um it was time it's like time in, a, in an awesome place like no brainer yeah no brainer just like you know you got a grand that's going to serve two of us for two months somewhere beautiful mm. like and most people would spend that in a week easy on a holiday and we saw it as like why are people doing that when you can go do this mm. you know so that was because they don't like mosquitoes <laughs> yeah well i mean we had more yeah i can see there's plenty of stories that are <laughs> worth far worse than mosquitoes that arose from staying in the cheapest place possible but um so, yeah. t- so take us through kim so you make that decision go off on yeah, the next big we adventure to, we went to central america okay and and I get, that was definitely a decision to do something be go somewhere that no one we didn't know anybody had been to Central America we had no idea you know at that time what it, you know where we were going no clue we were just like let's go there sounds really exotic and different and adventurous <laughs> and, how, and how was it it was incredible yeah incredible. we nearly bailed after day two um, and a, uh, a friend a guy who's now moved to Brighton we're still good friends um, we met him on a beach and he was um, northern guy and he was like yeah he talked us around to stay in basically we um so we went we flew to central america totally ignorant to the fact that no one was going to speak any english whatsoever so not like oh you go to spain and some people can speak mm. it was like no zero absolute zero english you're not going to get away with it didn't realize didn't even think about that didn't do much research just went landed in mexico <laughs> and were like okay oh yeah shit no we, we can't speak any spanish so we booked into a, a week-long like intensive course in Nicaragua where we were going um, in, a, in a bit of time away but got to this beach in Mexico and we felt like we were just getting ripped off at every every stop we felt like we didn't know how to get around what to do so we we're just sitting on the beach and it was like you and we, we would like a bit, bit gutted and we were like we're stupid like this is too far like we, we're not going to get away with this this is a bit bit uncertain people were like you know, don't go to these certain places. It's actually mm. genuinely unsafe, like mm. really dangerous. Some places in Central America, and um, we thought maybe this is not sensible. And we, I was like, look, we've still got the spending money. We can get a flight from here to back to Southeast Asia or somewhere where we can get away with speaking a bit of English and you know whatever. And then, and yeah, and then and then Warren, uh, our mate, was, was we we're at a bar buying a drink. And he was like, oh, are you? Are you from England? Like, yeah. And he was like, and we sat down and told him about it. Like, don't be soft just, just <laughs> on. Just get, a book, get a book sort yourself out stay you'll have an amazing time so we traveled with him uh, and darren uh, another guy for for a few weeks on and off and we went down the coast of mexico and we had three months four months in central america where it was just what an adventure yeah great, great fun and i did learn very quickly because so you, you had to you had to learn some spanish to like um, you know, get away with it. Basically, yeah, it's it's, uh, it's amazing, isn't it? The importance of other people yeah. that come into your life sometimes when you're in those sorts of situations. 
you know I, I went to thailand and we didn't have a clue didn't have a clue what we were doing didn't know anybody that had been traveling and we had a tent and a calagas stove with us and we're going to bangkok and we did nowhere booked and we met this guy who told said you need to go down the coast down road and mm. rent a place there and we were, if we hadn't met him god knows what would have happened but you always would have had you always you always would have met met him. someone yeah well that's met right. someone that's right yeah it, it but but it, it but it, it i think it shows when you're the person when you're him Mm. it's really important to reach out and help people and yeah, because you can change well he potentially changed a lot for you yeah and i think that that is one of the beautiful things and what we found straight away about traveling and i think beyond the, obviously paradise beaches and all of that excellent but when you see the attitude of people in different places and places where seemingly on on a on like a on a you know material level have a lot less the kindness and the friendliness and the helpfulness mm. and the openness of those is addictive to be around that. Mm. And it's, it is very different to what you get in the, in the UK or yeah, lots, and, lots and, of Western countries. And it's, it's a level playing field, isn't it? You're not, you, you know, you're not, um, you're away from home. You're yeah. all away from home. Mm. Uh, you're all there for similar reasons. Mm. Adventure. Yeah. Um, and that isn't what it's like at home all the time. Yeah. It could be a bit more than it is. I think that's it's the same as like, you know, that's going from like a traveller's point of view. So speaking to other travellers, because everyone's in the same boat, you're, yeah. you're united by that common thing. It's the same as like a lot of people, I guess, who live in Brighton have moved to Brighton because they're like, I want to live somewhere where other people are going to sort of want to be friends with me and you know talk about things a bit, bit different maybe. And so it's the same type of thing. But I guess I'm more talking about the... The, the, the local people because I'd always right, try okay. and, I'd always try and speak to the local people yeah, and yeah. get their stories and yeah. their view and the, the the adventures that you get from speaking to those people were the yeah. biggest and the most amazing ones and the, the kindness as I say of like um, the open heartedness of, of, of people that you yeah. see and then it makes you realise oh shit the world's not evil no like, the world is a beautiful everybody is most people are really good yeah. and they're really trying to help. So I'm, I'm glad was that the same everywhere where everywhere you went would you say that it was the same sort of willingness to help yes i think like so much i mean you get different places where people see you more as a tourist and they but i think there's a vibe i think people can tell straight away whether you're a tourist with where you don't know where you're going and you you just you're there's certain people who I knew if my attitude was different, they would have tried to rip us off. Yeah. But because okay. of an instant meeting and an instant yeah, bit yeah. of banter, a bit of eye contact, yeah, smile yeah, yeah. in the right place. You, you're, you're, uh, you're saying, I hum- get you, mate. At yeah, a human yeah. level. But like yeah. We're, yeah, okay. I'm so glad I that you just you. said that um, on the whole people are good because I almost asked you the question because I think yeah. this is it's quite a polarizing question. Uh, it's a good one to have when you're chatting at the, at the mm. pub with your friends because it, it really divides people, right? Yeah. And I think that whether or not it is the case that generally people are good or not, I'm pretty sure it's much better to just believe that people are good. Because to your point, I think what happens as a side effect of taking on that attitude is that you tend to see the best in people. Because Definitely. you go to situations being much more open, probably reflecting the, the, kindness, the, positivity, and, and then you get something back <clears> from that. If, if anybody's interested in this subject, by the way, yeah. of, of trusting strangers, mm. you've got to... Well, I would recommend listening to Malcolm Gladwell, Gladwell's new book, which is uh, Talking With Strangers. Okay. And it's a really, really interesting book. And it basically is about the fact that we do default to trust. 
that's what we default to trusting other people and mm. we have to because we wouldn't be able to survive mm. as the human race if we didn't trust other people but there are a few caveats and it's worth listening to the book but I, I agree with you and we, we it's important we do it there was moments where i mean i'm quite i, I consider myself i don't know if it was the correct word but i'm quite hyper alert sensitive all the time anyway i'm quite observant and i I notice detail, very tiny details, very subtleties. I'm good at that, and that's, I guess, what that's what's made me good at what I do now in terms of the stuff that I do. But um, in a travel, in that situation, like there's definitely there's been times when we've been in a taxi, seemingly nothing wrong, and I've sensed for mm. various reasons like we're getting out of the taxi. And Nicola's like, "What?" I'm like, "Yeah, we're, we're just getting out now." So yeah. sorry, mate, we're going to get out here, and just from subtleties, subtle things. Mm that you notice that are slightly amiss that put you... So it's not like I have, I've just trusted everyone blindly. There's no, still no. been situations where I've been like, no, we're not going into that situation. Do you think that's learned or do you think that's innate? I think it's a bit of both. Mm. I think it's I think it's innate in my my personality, my, my makeup. I'm quite like, you know, I love looking at the finer details and I've just always been like that. I see that in Dexter as well, my little boy. Which, Interesting, yeah. Which really pleases me. He's like, he's not interested in that. He'd be interested in where the nail's gone into that hole. There. <laughs> anyway, yeah. um, I noticed this thing. So I think a part of it, and also because I've been in lots of, because I have had so many different types of jobs, been, you know, on tour with bands, you know, been working in offices to shops to, I've been in, all of these different types of situations it's just made me a bit i guess a bit broader to my observance i guess and when you're traveling you you have to be you have to uh i guess subconsciously you do things as little tests or you do little you gauge things by like how people react and you kind of make a judgment on people quite quickly um and you have to but most of the time it's great as i say but some some situations have been like yeah, no, we're out of here right now. Yeah, we just have to act and go. So, you're at this stage. You're 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 adventuring around the world, and you and you're getting loads of energy from it, and you're regularly getting out out of your comfort zone, mm -hmm. developing all sorts of other skills that you just we were just talking about there. Yeah. And I guess to some people, and maybe there might have been a feeling building up that you're sort of escaping from normal life, and did, so what happened there? Did did, did you end up? doing the more traditional thing of kind of falling back into a more traditional life for a period of time um yeah so we so we'd, we'd been we'd been on a few trips um we've been on a few adventures and then we were like okay we need we need to we realized that living in bognor wasn't going to give us the type of opportunities that necessarily we were looking for and um so we decided to move to brighton um and that was an adventure in itself and mm. great fun and um yeah so we moved to brighton but to do that uh, there was a period where we got back from traveling and i was like still smoking a lot like getting stoned playing games like i still just kind of enjoying myself um and it was like okay well i really need to do something like what is my because i've i'd realized that okay i'm not going to be i'm not going to give absolutely everything to singing songwriting i love it but i'm just and also even i realized that even if i did give everything to singing songwriting it's no it's no measure of how far you'd actually make it. There are mm. people who have given their entire lives and still not really made much money and had to do other jobs. So I was like, no, I need to do something. I skirted around lots of different ideas. Ended up applying for this job on the random, which had, uh, I just liked the job description or it wasn't even a job description. It was a couple of questions. 
and um and that was for uh, and that was uh you know mark higginson from eye crossing oh, right, yeah. he um he he did like had a random um random job description anyway and I, as soon as i answered it i had no qualification or no reason to get that job or no no right to get that job and i just saw it was like oh this is looks like quite a lot of money it's a big agency in brighton and excellent this looks great um i'll just go for it and i knew in my answers as soon as i answered the questions i knew i'd have the job just because if i i I, going back to that detail thing i could see through the the language and sensed what what they were were looking looking for for. yeah okay what what was the job what was it to do it was a social media uh consult like social media in the social media team yeah yeah. social media junior sort of thing and Again, I think they were just looking for someone who had a broad range of experience who could bring some real life experience and people skills and people stuff into uh, into a you know into a digital agency, like mm. just to and and then uh, went in for, and then went in for the interview. Got off the train in Brighton, like thinking. And I remember it's the first time I've really employed like the visualization and positive thinking and like putting it out to the universe type strategy. In my life. So you were doing that quite deliberately, were you? I, I literally was like, I've got this job, and I'm, I'm getting off that train thinking I'm going to my town. This is my new town. I didn't, I wasn't living in Brighton. I was like, I'm, this is, I'm going to work. I literally applied that principle in my head that I'm not going to an interview. I'm going to work. What? Why? And where did it come from? Um, <clears throat> let me. Oh, it's, it's a hard question because I'm trying to think. I seem to remember someone telling me to do that. Okay. I think it might have been one of my brothers. Okay. Can't remember which one, but. Remember someone just saying, just if you want it, just you've got it. Like just act like you've got it. Mm. Um, so I got off the train, walked. For, I remember walking through the lanes, thinking, "My town, this is awesome. I live here," and just pretending like that was me. Walked into the job interview, um, just like wearing my trainers and my sunglasses, and I think everybody else had turned up in suits or whatnot. Um, and after saying, "Oh yeah, I was like on tour with the Jam, and I've been here and there," and it was just like, "Yeah, you, you know, you hired him." And you're gonna fit in. Yeah, you're gonna fit in, and like you know, just. <laughs> And then, and then, yeah, and I and I worked, and then so I was moved to Brighton. Cor- Sorry, Cor- can I just go back a second? Yeah. The trainers and the sunglasses. <laughs> Conscious um, decision, or so it sounds like you're going in being you and being the confident version of you. Yes. How set up was that? Um, I kn- it said, it did, I don't think it had a thing on the thing, a thing on the abacus. You know, it didn't tell you what to wear. Um, it was very, it was a very brief, brief type mm. thing. So I just thought, well, I'm just going to, I'm just going to wear what I would wear. Like at that time, actually, I think I wore. What, what, what year was this? Oh, hold on. Uh, eight, maybe eight years ago. Right. Okay. Right? I don't know. Yeah. Something like that. I can't remember how I, I lose track of years. That's all right. Yeah. We'll go with eight years. Yeah. Uh, something like that. It might not have been that long, but it felt like that. Um, yeah, I, I used to have this saying. It sounds quite pretentious, but I remember reading like these things because I was still into the, the singer songwriting, and um, I remember seeing this thing once about dressing for a part, always dressing for, to be ready for the party, and uh, so I always used to be like, I'll wear what I would wear on stage always like so just be myself but like 
wear nice wear my nice trainers and a cool shirt and my sunglasses and and, and, and that has and that has the the effect of making you feel relaxed because you're not and ready and ready yeah, yeah. ready be okay. like I'm, yeah. I'm ready to like if i met anybody or whatever it would it, this is who i am sort of thing um and so yeah that was a it was a conscious choice to be just com- well dressed what i would but but not to in. conform in the traditional sense that was a conscious choice too right uh, yeah, I guess not. To where, I mean, I could tell by the job description that there, it wasn't for accounting. Okay, so there was a there was a sixth suit. sense there as well. The, again, it yeah, was yeah. just the sense of like yeah. what they're looking for. If they're for, asking these questions. What they're looking, <laughs> yeah, if they're asking this type of question, what they're yeah. really looking for. Yeah. Yeah. They're not looking for someone who can answer these particular questions. What they're really looking for is someone who's just a bit worldly, who's got some confidence, who can like, who's, who's going like to get stuck in and like, you know take on something that they don't know because uh-huh. I had no idea about anything about digital marketing whatsoever um, I just guess I just had some a lot of different experiences that, that helped in that role of being mm. social media so then yeah so then I was I was in uh, then I was in I guess what is um, uh, like a, a more of a normal job uh, in an office and was that first proper normal job I say normal. Uh, I, I mean, like I work, I've worked in Tesco. I've yeah, worked yeah. as a labourer on building sites, kind of carpenters, like um, lo- window fitting. They're all normal. All normal. Yeah, okay. Call centres, okay. lots of. But this was more of a job where it felt because it was like a salary. And it was like in Brighton, and it felt like a bit more of like, oh, this is like you know, might be a career. A career. Yeah. yeah like, oh, this is actually this might be a career. Yeah. Um, yeah. Did that feel good. It felt good, yeah. It felt great. It was like, oh, and I, and I got the job, and it was like, excellent, yeah. And also, I also there was a range of. I remember there being like, oh, we're paying from this to this, um, and I remember being asked, okay, what salary would you be looking for? And obviously, it said the top amount, and it was like, I think they, I think they asked. Why? What? Why are you going for the top amount? I was like, Why wouldn't you? That went down well, obviously as well. So. Did you get it? Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, oh, I think I might. I think they might have dropped me down a little bit. I mean, they might have. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But a little bit. But it soon went back up. Yeah. <laughs> Good. Yeah. Okay, so you get the job, and then you're into something that could start to feel a bit like a career. What's that next stage feel like? Because I can. I'm guessing that the part of you is maybe missing that sense of adventure well yeah i mean that first couple of years was brilliant living in brighton met met all my amazing friends Mm. you know i was still playing music i so i still played music i went around did all the brighton venues you know sort of still wanted to make it make a name for myself of music but again just doing it on the side um and it was great for that i was part of the reason why i wanted to move to brighton as well the music scene all that stuff um and it was great fun working with all those guys there. I got in, met a lot of friends, had a good laugh, um, learned so much, and it was it was brilliant. And then it was all kind of like we had a lovely flat, and it all just become, I guess, after a couple of years, became a bit like okay, doing the same things now. So was it like, was it the same feeling as you had when you were working for um, Bruce Foxton? Uh, a little bit, yeah. I think I think I was more inclined when I was working with Bruce and Russ. I think was more inclined to be. Um, I saw that being on tour, all of like, that being my life, wasn't quite what I wanted. This was more comfortable, 
yeah. like I could have gone to the office every day and I was still getting to do some creative stuff and it was a relatively creative role and I was learning a lot but it was just okay I've been in been in Brighton now I've met a good set of friends I've explored the city I've had the good fun I've had some parties I've been doing this I've been doing that and then I was like I could keep working and I saw that but in the same sense as like I could see the career path yeah, I could so, see so the 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 spirit of adventure had waned a little bit well it was always there it just was being ignored for the for the job <laughs> right okay but you you those first two years you were learning lots yeah and that was adventure. It felt like an adventure. That, yeah. that was an adventure. Yes, I get you. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, totally. that that was that was you know stepping into the unknown mm. is the way we would. Yes. And and that was stimulating you. And mm. then, you know, the marginal utility kicked in. That was getting less and less and less. You were yeah. learning less and less. You would yeah, have, exactly. You know, big chunks of learning happened at the mm. beginning, and then it was getting less and less. And that's yep. what maybe where it comes to a point where you want to change what you do. Yeah. Yeah. It was that. Um, and at that point, it wasn't necessarily that I that I, cha- I wanted to change the career or change what I did in that sense. It was more just like I want to go a bit, go on another big adventure. Mm. Like it was just that. Uh, okay, so I want to go on a big adventure. Is are you talking about a travel adventure here? Yeah. So okay. we we, we um, um, yeah. We I, I just started dreaming again. I just started like love maps and looking at places and being inspired and obviously being on social media like in that world when it was you know exploding um you get you just exposed to so much and you start seeing oh there's this place there's that place there's that thing there's that thing and my attention uh you know um was just all over the place and i'm like i want to go there i want to do this want to do that want to do that but i can't because i'm nine to five mm. and this is where i am and so I started doing, I guess, putting less, you know, re- less of my 100% self into the job role. I could tell that I wasn't doing, you know, I was doing that because I was just, my mind was elsewhere. Um, and then, yeah, then we just, uh, then we went on another big trip. So did, did what do you do? Did you, did you quit and go off and? Yeah, so um, we actually had a, this one I remember the moment because I actually wrote a song in the moment. And... It was like one of those proper cliche songwriting things that songwriters say, you know, like, oh, it just came to me, man. Mm. But it was like, it was, it was, um, we've had a big frame on our wall with pictures we've been in different places, like islands we stayed on, all this different stuff. And I'm there just having a bit of a play, feeling a bit bored and having a play my guitar and writing a song. And then uh, I wrote this song and it was, I was just, I just picked out a few a few photographs that were like amazing moments and then wrote little verses about them I was like oh man and then this song I was just like ah oh, and then I started singing it and it was um, yeah it was basically like let's go again there was no going back at that moment let's go again and and then and me and me and my wife have got this thing where every so often we get a bit spontaneous and we're like okay, yeah we're both feeling this thing and then we pinky, prom- pinky promise on something and we go fuck it and then we pinky promise go, oh shit we promised now we gotta do it so we it was like right i'm gonna quit the job and i felt like i had enough experience to take what i had and bring it back and still carry yeah. on so, so you had your insurance safer. policy yeah, this is like safer. the idea of protecting the downside so yeah. so that's what you would kind of as much as you go off and do something crazy you know that you like come back and yeah got it's gonna be fine to it's gonna be back on yeah. Yeah. yeah it felt like that this time bit but then we but then it was um, we were really coming out of comfort, and I think it was harder for my wife 
because she was she was happier than she'd ever been and I was feeling Were the, you married at this point? No. Okay. I was feeling the sense of adventure more than her. She mm. was like this is amazing we've got this lovely flat and I'm you know I've got my shit together and we're fine why are we doing this again sort of thing but she she also loved loves adventure as much as I do mm. so she was tempted by my, my by my hatching my plan hatchings and then um, and we literally like sold everything we were like right let's just reset like sell all of the furniture that we'd accumulated all the stuff that we'd accumulated over these last few years of getting a flat living here um, put it all in and and go on another trip go just go longer this time let's go for six months let's go to another place with no one we no one we know has ever been to um and yes yeah, so we did we went and booked a flight and we were like super excited and then we had another like four or five months to save and and, and then we went where'd you go um well we went to we went back to thailand first to start with because we wanted to go back to some places and places we hadn't been um but we went we went quite quickly to uh vietnam and then to Philippines, and then to Borneo and Indonesia over like six and a half months. How did that experience change you? Because you're at a different stage of life now. Yeah, I mean, it was more of the, it was more just, it was, it was incredible. We're obviously a bit more savvy to how to travel and how to, you know, how to make the most of, I'm always trying to like optimize stuff. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, get the perfect spots and the perfect things. And um, it changed a little bit in that, the world had moved on and instead of not booking anywhere we found quite quickly that it was like we were turning up to places without anything booked and we walk along the beach as you do or walk along through the town looking for where's good or whatever just strolling with like a more chilled vibe that actually like people had pre-booked you know the internet was so like so you couldn't get into the places that... so it was like oh hang on a minute what do you mean pre-booked like you just you know the part of the fun of it was like you don't know where you're going you don't have to yeah, go okay. online and book everything so it was like oh this is a bit weird but we still did it and we still got away with it. Had some, again, just amazing adventures through brilliant places and always not with, you know, not with guidebooks, just asking, asking local people and, um, and just finding, finding cool places to go and having amazing experiences. And there was one particular experience where, um, we basically, I'd been obsessing over like looking for maps. And again, going back to that thing of like doing the unconventional, I found this little dot on the map, which was like, you know, obsessed with islands, like love being on islands. Every time we went to islands, we just loved that culture of a tiny island. Uh, and I think that's partly because I'm like, have to see everything. So if I go on an island and it's really small, I get to see everything really quickly <laughs> and then I'm forced to chill out. Yeah. <laughs> so I've got, you know, so I have to chill out. So anyway, I wanted to find a tiny Because you've mapped island. the territory. Because you've gone around, you found the edges, you yeah, found yeah. where's yeah, yeah, and then and it's like unless I'm forced or the stars align, I don't relax, and I actually love relaxing, but I have to like have nothing else to do, otherwise I can't relax. So being on a tiny island is like amazing because it's like you see everything, and then there's nothing to, but relax. <laughs> okay, so uh, I think this is a really interesting point here. Why why do you do that? What why do you have to see everything? Um, <laughs> there's a, there's a, I don't know. I think it's, it probably comes from, probably comes from my mum's like make the most of everything. I have to just feel like I've, I have to feel like I've, um, had the best experience it could be like, or like I've, I've, I've found the edges. I don't know why I found the extremes, found the edges, found the outs. Like if I'd bit back playing computer games, first thing I would do is like go around the edge of the map 
Do you know what I mean? I wouldn't worry about the missions. I just want to see the edge. Okay. The limits of things. How far could you... And, and, and um, the reason I'm asking is because I'm, I'm interested in this idea that that it's safer to do that. It's the known and the unknown. Yeah. You've gone into the unknown. You've, mm-hmm. you've mapped the edge of the, edge of the island. You've turned it into the known. And then yeah. you can relax because there's no... Um, I think, yeah, I think it's like discovery. I love discovering. I love like finding new things and seeing new brand new things that I've never seen before. Um, and, but I also know that like my wife wants to relax (laughs) and I want to, and and I do actually, you need to chill out. And I guess I love that feeling like, um, of of completed it's like a, it's like a game so you can't complete it can you you can't complete it because you know how long does it take you to map out the the island you know you only skirt the surface you well, can't... i'm talking about islands that are like i've stayed on islands like the size of a football pitch so it didn't right, take that okay. long <laughs> oh right okay yeah <laughs> that's different about little islands like tiny, <laughs> yeah, yeah. tiny islands yeah okay um and also just love and also just being that feeling of like feeling like you're like you're cast away like again going back to the childhood thing I remember being, I remember when I went to, my family took one, we did one big family holiday once with my brother's Disney World and all I went on was the, the, the like the Desert Island Treehouse, the Swiss Family Robinson or whatever it was and I just wouldn't want to go on it, I didn't want to go on anything else. Round and round and round and round, my mum, bless her, had to stay with me while everyone <laughs> had fun. Um, and I've just been, I, something else probably in my childhood gave me that image of like the white sand beach and all of that mm. and I just love that situation. Being so, in that situation, so uh, you said something about the dot earlier. Yeah, the dot map. on the map. So I completely went off on a tangent. No, that's right. I think we. Took I think it. I took you there. Yeah, yeah <laughs> it's fine. Um, so yeah, no, it was a dot on a map basically, and it was you know Google Earth was just a blurry dot, green, white, turquoise. And that was it in the South China Sea, somewhere near Philippines, and I'm like, let's go there, and Nicola and the other guys who were we were meeting up with us. One of one of my friends very good friend of mine who um, is one of the guys who goes, yeah, I'll just go with him. I trust him. Mm. Uh, he was out traveling at the same time. We met up with him and his new, and his new girlfriend. And I was like, we're going there. And his new girlfriend's like, why, what the hell? Like, where are we going? And Robert's like, I don't know. Just trust him. Let's just go. And so we went on this adventure in the Philippines to like get to this Island, like put an X on the map, like probably Indiana Jones again <laughs> or, or Peter Pan or something but an X on the map and we're like we're getting there and then just went on a just went on a journey to get there you know just wherever that journey took us to to get to this this place didn't know why we were going or what it was for but just for the journey of it and just to like have that go go into a different path and it was just <clears throat> just amazing and incredible and um and yeah, so that was one of the one of the things we did on that six months. Just that we spent like three or four weeks just on that on that journey to get to that that dot, that island. We got there, by the way. Was it? Was it? Was it? And I'm I'm not exaggerating. I've I've been to a lot. I've seeked out a lot of these islands, these yeah. little paradise dot, and it was the most beautiful island I've ever been on. Huh. Wow. And it it was it was actually up for sale. It was actually up for sale a few years ago. Right. Okay. Someone, how much How much did you need? I like two million. Did you? Oh, right. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. No. <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> no I, yeah. It was out of the question, but it was, um, and it's actually the same. Lo- it's a location. It's not the island because I'm still trying to work out. I'm still trying to track down who owns it. To pro- I want to bring people back there. With right. Lost. Okay. 
um, but it's actually in the same vicinity as the as the island I'm planning to take people on a trip with Unlost. Very great. Um, but yeah, so we had this we had this six month trip and we went to Indonesia. We went to all sorts of places. That were just did incredible. you did you find yourself talking more as you were on that trip about what the fu- what your life was going to be? Yeah, um, I think there was. I, I pro- basically I I realised that I probably didn't want to go back to the to that career that I'd started. Um, I didn't know what it was I wanted to do again. It was again, but I knew from being in that situation of a of a job where it was more like a career job and that scenario, I knew I didn't want to do that. I knew I I was too much of just like I do when I go traveling, I wanted to go on a path that was my own. Um, and so I, I actually remember writing in like notebooks and just scribbling and writing stuff. I remember being in that state of relaxation that I told you about mm. on, um, on Gili Air in, yeah. um, in Indonesia. Um, feeling like, okay, I can just sit. And I remember it was such an amazing week. I spent a whole week just going from bed to hammock. Yeah. Roller spliff, <laughs> to beach, <laughs> hammock, eat, bed. That was it. It was just, and we were so chilled out and was so like, it was just an amazing, you know, beautifully chilled. And I remember saying to my wife, um, oh, by the way, I'm never getting a job again. <laughs> <laughs> She's like, what? Oh God, what are, you, what are you saying now? What are we doing now? I was like, yeah, no, I, I can't. I can't go back to job. I've got, I've got to have a business. Like I've got to, I've got to try and have a business because having a job is not me um and so yeah i remember that thinking that and that's when i started like oh all of a sudden boom my brain explodes of what could i do all these different ideas businesses what could businesses what products what so ideas. coming to that realization was really important yeah and i think it was um it was just realizing that i kept going back to things and getting jobs and i was like i didn't like having a boss i didn't like mm. having having to do the thing that that I didn't like my schedule of time to be like this is where you have to be at this time you know I was like this is not me was it stop kidding yourself was it by telling Nicola that that you suddenly felt empowered that you could do anything was it telling her or was it or had you already reached that conclusion um I think you've been I remember that moment I remember that being a a moment uh, of like, yeah, of clarity. Know, saying out, yeah, saying out loud. But I think I'd come to that conclusion over, over, yeah, slowly over all the time, forever. You know, yeah. uh-huh. up until that point. Um, and that wasn't easy when we got home. <laughs> we, you know, that wasn't easy to stick to that. Uh, I'm glad I did, but it, we, it nearly, it nearly so cost you, me so my wife. <laughs> okay, so you, you, you didn't go back and get a job. No. Wow. Okay. So, what what did you do next um, when, you, when, when you landed? And I, and I want to push you a bit on when you said it almost cost you your life, your wife. Not my life, life but <laughs> maybe my um, life. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Can you tell but, us about when when did it get really bad and why? Uh, so we moved back because we didn't have any money. <laughs> <laughs> we sort of knew that was coming. Yeah. Because yeah. <laughs> we didn't have any money, we totally spent everything, and we didn't come back to a we didn't save a pot to come back to with no, either. No. Um, but we did have an opportunity off good friend who I'd met at I crossing who was, she said, Oh, I've got, a, I've got a boat. You can, you know, pay low rent and we can go into the boat in the marina. It's like, Oh, wicked, you know, do something different. Go yeah. Yeah. Marina, <laughs> boat, live in boat marina. And in, 
she was an incredible housemate. It was a lovely boat. And, it was, you know, you wake up, have a cup of tea on the top of the boat. It was beautiful. But it soon got where I didn't have a job. And I was like sticking by my guns. Like I need to do freelance. So I went back doing social media stuff freelance. And that was like, because my heart wasn't quite in it, it was hard to like mm. get the clients. And I started getting, I was just getting just enough, just scraping the minimal rent that we had to pay. And then it got to winter. And because we'd always timed our trips to come back at the start of the summer, it was yeah, you know, more difficult <laughs> on a boat. Yeah, and then when it, uh, uh, but when it got to winter, there was leak. We were literally laying in our cabin where the roof's like this, but it's close like that. There was three or four nappies that we'd have to change twice or three times a night on the stuck to the ceiling <laughs> yeah. because of the drips. Yeah. Um, so you've got nappies. Just so the listeners are clear, you hadn't got children's by now. No, but we no. were changing nappies. But you were changing nappies, yeah, right? Yeah, and, and it did kind of, you know, the rusty water did would kind of gave it that extra authenticity yeah. of changing nappies. <laughs> yeah, yes. um, so, we, you know, changing nappies on the ceiling of the boat. My wife's got a job and she's just, and I'm going, and there's jobs coming up and I think I got offered jobs as well. And I said no, and my wife's like, what? I'm this is not I'm not happy we, we we were having a real you know having arguments tiny little cramped yeah understandable thing yeah understandable and, and it was like something needs to change like you need to you know something needs to change because you know, she was gonna she was gonna leave me I think basically mm. and um and I just I just I just had to like stick stay you know hang on in there basically with with the no the no job thing and not take the job and trust me I looked like I was looking at jobs and being tempted all over the place um, but I didn't and then I managed to get one client a social media client that gave me a bit more money than, than usual and we met a good another good friend of mine Tom who we were like right we'll share a flat and we'll get you know back onto solid ground <laughs> we managed to share a flat um and it kind of got us a little bit towards it enough to keep my wife right <laughs> get her in a flat you know not having to change she's less uncomfortable ceiling. yes yeah um and yeah and so we did, like i just stuck with it but there was a period of a few months where it was like she's had enough and i'm by you know on thin ice and um you know it was it was it was not easy to to not get a job basically but I luckily got got some got a client with a social media thing and, and we used we we hatching a plan here at yeah this I, had, point. I had four or five business Go ideas on, what, what were they do you remember um i remember the leading ones one was i was thinking along the lines you know this was what five five six years ago five years ago maybe so we're, we're getting close to the happy startup school experience yes okay yes um yeah i was i was actually and I was, then i was thinking it needs to be something that, that, that takes away plastic and it needs to be something that it can be a subscription and it needs to be something that people use all the time. And I was thinking that would be a winner because I'd be doing something good and da 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 da. So I was thinking of doing a bamboo toothbrush subscription. Mm -hmm. and Could like, have been good. Uh, and that was the leading, but, but there was a few other ideas. But and I, and I knew I also wanted to go in partnership with my mate Jake, who we've been friends for, since uni and we moved together when we first moved to Brighton, we moved in together. Because uh, we'd been going on other adventures, back, uh, like wild camping in, in the Alps and stuff. Like uh, Periodically, we did a trip once or twice a year in amongst all this of like, we just go to the wild camp in the wilderness. So you got your adventure up. kicks there. Yeah, I was getting my adventure kicks with that. And I was still doing that whilst I was doing eye crossing. So. Um, but anyway, uh, yeah, hatching plans. And I said to Jack Hubbard, 
we were like, oh, I've got these ideas, you know, this one, that one, that one, that one. And we were, we were sitting there talking about it. And he was like, you, haven't you just been to the Alps climbing or whatever? And we're like, yeah, yeah. And he was like, tell me about that. And then he was like, yeah, do that as the idea. And we're like, yeah, but that's not a business idea. We were just talking about it. And he's like, no, no, but you, you're, you're buzzing off that. Like, you won't bother doing any of the others because you, 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 that's the one you really that's up for. That's the one you're really up for. And it's like, oh yeah, but I'm not a guy, mountain guide or I haven't got... And then when I started to think about it, I was like, well, actually, I have got quite a lot of experience in experiences and going and traveling and adventures and stuff. And we were just like, yeah, fuck it. Let's start an adventure company. And it sounded really cool. And we we're like, yeah, let's do an adventure company. And we didn't know how. And then and then Jack said, oh, you need to meet Lawrence and Carlos because they're doing this happy start of school. And, you know, they'll like your enthusiasm about it. And that's how and we met them. And then they invited us to speak at camp. And then we did launch it and went for it. And... Did did you and Jake have the same kind of vision for like where were you in life comparatively and like in terms of what you were both searching for and what your vision was for what that company would have been? I think we in life we were very similar. Like we were both wanting to do something that we weren't already doing and have a business and and all sorts. Um, I think it felt similar at the time. Yeah, we were definitely similar at the time. And I I think with my wife going back to where we were she was just grateful for me to have something to focus on because yeah. I was so like bouncing around and just yeah something direction yeah direction yeah yeah she was yeah. really grateful for that well, we, we were talking about that over lunch actually Neil and I you know about the importance of having direction because it's paralyzing if you yeah you know all, all you all you can focus on are the things that things you don't want and the problem totally. is you crash into the things you don't want mm. <laughs> and uh, also when you don't have a directional goal you're never you're there's a constant well certainly for me, whatever you're currently doing at the time, you're questioning whether this is right or wrong. Mm. You're like, is this right? Am I That's doing right, the right yeah. thing? Should I be doing this? Because you don't know. That's right, yeah. Whereas if you've got like something you're aiming for, then all of a sudden you're like, does it does it go towards that? Yes, well, excellent. If, try and describe to us what you think that was then. So what you were aiming for, what that direction what was. The, I think... And I'm what trying it, to remember, sorry, but the the, com, the na- what you named it. Unknown Epic. Yeah, so it was Unknown, an unknown Epic back then. So f- for me, it was, I'd realised that this, throughout my life, I've been that person who's trying to get people to move to a different spot, tr- trying to, you know, lick the lid of life. Like, <laughs> I love lick that. the lid of life. Lick the right. li- lid of, that, I'm sure that's from a Muller advert or something, <laughs> but I like, kind of like that. Um yeah too sh- like yeah. I'm, gonna, I'm gonna i'm gonna use that. lick the lid of life it was it was an advertising thing once but it, it resonated anyway <laughs> it was like yeah I, I was always trying to like i wasn't trying to do one better than anybody i was genuinely trying to take people with me it was mm. like nobody will, honestly we'll have a better time if we do it that way mm. or we look that way and that was a lot with you know festivals whenever i went to places or gigs whatever it was always like no nah, trust me we'll go over here and it'll be a better you know it's different spots mm. and experiences you can have and there was um I, I mentioned before going to the Philippines and finding this dot. Um, Taylor and Roberts, my my friends, and Taylor was like scared of everything, and she was like totally like out, majorly out of her comfort zone with everything we did, and she fucking hated me for making her do stuff. You know, I was getting them up in the middle of the night. Right, we're going in here, and you know. Um, but I remember taking her through and giving her confidence in like taking her in the water, like you know, just stand up to your ankles until you're comfortable. Now to your knees until you're comfortable. You know now. And giving her a lot of confidence to do different stuff. And um, 
and her mum actually thanked me a few months later saying oh, thanks so nice, much for what you did for Taylor mm. because now they've moved to Australia they're having a wonderful life and and I kind of I like to think that I kind of helped mm. yeah, yeah. in that sense and that was really f- fulfilling for me and instead of it being like oh Kim's being uncontent again and trying to be different and trying to show off or trying to be two sheds or whatever um, it, it actually was like recognition no no I'm just trying to have a be- I just want you to have the best time possible mm. yeah because it is possible yeah it's possible to have a better it's, if you put that extra little bit of effort in if mm. you and it will be uncomfortable yeah but it won't last very long no mm. and you it's um, it's like the law of diminishing returns opposite I mm. don't know what that's called but mm. it's like the little bit of effort licking extra- the lid of life that's yeah licking the lid of life <laughs> yeah it's like just that little extra bit. You've already yeah. done all the hard work. If you just move, you know, five minutes to the right, or if you just go round to the next beach mm. or the next thing, then it's going to be so much better. Um, anyway, and I, I found that, hang on, like this could be something that instead of being the annoying person, I can be like <laughs> the helpful person with this same trait of like pushing it a bit, pushing the boundaries a bit further. And is that about uh, sort of understanding yourself better? Because you know, you, one minute you could, you know, you can see yourself as the annoying person. Yeah. And the the flip side of it is that you sort of understand why you're doing it. Well, it was definitely that. It was understanding that it could be a positive rather than a negative. Yeah, yeah. I'd always felt different. I'd always felt a bit of a pain in the ass with my friends. They're like, yeah. let's go to the pub, and I'm like, no, let's build a slip and slide. <laughs> what? <laughs> do you know what I mean? Yeah. And and it was always like, oh, I never really got to do the things that I was always like imagining to do. Um, and it was always like I felt like I'm being discontent, or and it just felt like that thing was a positive. Yeah, and yeah, yeah, yeah. understanding that actually this thing I can roll with this and yeah. not feel shit about it. I can feel good about it, and it can be something. It's not can, a negative; it's a positive. Yeah, it's about turning what some people would see as a negative yeah. into now. This is a positive thing. I do. This is where I feel the energy. Mm. Why not go with it? Go with it. Yeah, and I can see that it's. It can be annoying, and I, but I can also see that if you it put in the right situation, um, people do need and want a bit of a push. Well, we all need it. We, um, we all need it. Yeah, you know. some people are more ready than others. And yeah. I think it's about finding when people at the time that they're they're wanting the push, but wanting someone to push them. Yes, so right. not so just trying to push people who don't even have any interest in being, which yeah, is no, previously absolutely. what I've yeah. been doing. Yeah. yeah, that's right. So you could push them, but they were so far away from the start yeah. line that yeah, yeah, their yeah. little push wasn't yeah. going to get them And I've there. definitely had experiences where I've pushed people too far. Yeah. Um, and um, even with Unknown Epic, like that. Happened. I'm going to try and play back to you what I think you're saying of the vision for Unknown Epic, that you loved adventure and you'd got, more and more comfortable in your ability to go find adventure for yourself and for other people Mm. and so but you also recognize that the kind of adventure and the and this spirit of pioneering was something that rubbed off on people in a positive way to allow them to um kind of go on their own adventure but to develop themselves yes and so online epic was kind of well for people that are ready or are looking for some kind of adventure mm. rather than taking something safer that's more about capturing the moment this is actually about going and finding something where you come back with the story but maybe you develop yourself through that process as well yeah definitely it's and that's what i meant about confidence it gives people confidence mm. simply like you have an adventure you go through something you come out the other side it's difficult you feel more confident in tackling that thing again or, or something similar mm-hmm. um 
and also what, what, why, the sorry, combination. What, why does it start? Why does it give them confidence? Um, I think like the being uh, you know, classic cliche: being out of your comfort zone expands your comfort zone. You know, as long as you don't go too far and it scares you away from it <laughs> ever doing it again. But it, expanding people's comfort zone of being out, like in a situation that they wouldn't ordinarily be in. Yeah. Um, that's one element, but 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 why is it because they survive it, and it's because they see that they can do it. Yeah, when previously they would have thought, they thought they I couldn't. can't go there, I can't do that. So that then gives them confidence to tackle other, um, yes, uh, micro adventures, yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> well, opportunities, whatever it might be, because they've yeah. been there and done it before. They were scared, yeah, they did it, they survived, yeah. even thrived. Yeah, yeah, you know, exactly, and yeah. then they've got that feeling inside them mm. that they can do it again. Yeah, and it's the, it's that um, exactly that feeling of of going through that sort of, and it has to be difficult because you know that's when you yeah. you, you sort of you grow. Yeah, um, but you can do that in a weekend. Like you can go, you know, you can find that thing in a weekend. Mm. There's a guy called Salman who I think I told you about before who who'd had a brain tumor and he would he, he was like the only person who found us like online completely cold <laughs> traffic <laughs> right yeah uh and and signed up and we met him at the airport plastic bag of his boxer shorts entrusted us to give him a backpack and say he packed it himself yeah he'd never been camping he'd never done any of it we climbed in three days later at the summit of a uh, of a mountain or after wild camping and he stood on the top and you could see him like exploding and he turned to I me i feel and, it now he turned you know, to me and jake and said I never thought I could or would do anything like this ever in my life. When's the next trip? <laughs> <laughs> Fantastic. So what, yeah, what yeah. was he? What, what was he looking for? Do you think? Where was he, he in his life? He said that he he'd had a, he'd he'd had a he was having an operation for his brain tumor and he laid there and thought to himself that I don't, what am I good at? What am I've done? I've only ever just got good at FIFA. Right. I need to if I get out of the other side. I need to like do some did something completely different yeah. and he just found our website and it just said you know trust us experience something completely different let's go wow. how did that how did that make you feel Fun. incredible it, it, it was the same feeling as with taylor yeah of like this is good That's, giving this people is what, confidence is it almost this is what i was built to do yes this is my contribution mm. because previously all my contribution had been is like well nothing really like giving mu music you're contributing something to other people enjoyment but it was felt you know it felt against my, my contribution of this thing giving people confidence against mm. it felt against the tide and now it's like I've got a vehicle to like do this the, 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 the shame is that you know we often all of us wait till we've hit that rock bottom mm. for want of a better expression yeah. before we're prepared to yeah. take those steps or, um, or we need something external to be the catalyst someone so, else so, so so the brain tumor as an example is yeah. often you yes. know th those he yes. like health scares or those other external yeah. experiences yeah yeah um what so what what happened this it sounds like you're now at a point in your life where you've almost found the diamond you know yeah. if there's like an inner diamond mm. of you mm. it's now it's, it's becoming clear and you've yeah, got yeah. grasp of it and and it's sounding great i know some of what happened next so what what happened um so, yeah, so I guess Unknown Epic was going well. We planned loads of awesome, weird and wonderful things, you know, beyond just thinking of ideas, you know, pricing things up, having people sign up for it. We had partnerships lined up with um, major beer brand. We were going to supply the 
trip of a lifetime as a competition you know dual branded all this stuff really amazing and then um it was all kind of building up and yeah and then just trying to get the chronology yeah chronology of it right but it was essentially going really well and it felt like we it was going really but there was a few cracks starting to emerge in our in a vision between me and Jake, what he visualized and what I visualized and the way we wanted to go about things. But anyway, it was, we're still doing it. Um, and then me and Nicola were getting married and it, were you making a living from it at that point? No. So I was still doing freelance work, um, social media stuff, but sort of putting as much time as possible into, yeah. Un, into unknown Epic. And we took people on adventures. We were doing adventures. We took, people dolomites alps pyrenees did awesome vet awesome stuff mm-hmm. um but then the thing that that really i guess was the big turning point going back to confidence was the thing that just shattered all of us really was uh got married to nicola we had the best day ever you know as you do on your wedding day um and and nicola's dad had a heart attack the next morning at the wedding venue and he it it went from our most happiest moment we've ever been in our lives. We're literally being held aloft by all of our best friends and family and Nicola's dad delivering an incredible speech that had everyone in tears of laughter and joy and everything else. And then the next morning he, he had a heart attack and we literally came from our honeymoon suite to, to, yeah, to just being ripped from the, 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 the gods of, feeling love and everything to just the absolute shock and to the worst you've ever felt and then the next two weeks we spent by his bedside in intensive care hoping that he'd get better and found out after two weeks that he he basically passed away that day you know they were just keeping him alive his body alive but his soul whatever you want to believe it it was gone Mm -hmm. at that moment and so that whole all of the joy of our wedding was instantly almost felt deleted. Um, and it was just like, we just shattered everyone. It just, it just was heartbreaking. Was it a complete surprise to everybody? Did he have health problems? Um, he'd had a heart condition previously, but had a, but had a, had an operation and he was fine mm. as, as far as, you know, um, you know, there's probably more to it. He's, he had some pain before and stuff mm. like that. But, but it was... Uh, uh, but it was, it was unexpected. Complete, yeah. It was completely and utterly unexpected. Yeah. The, the day before, he was, like, giving his speech, which yeah, yeah. I won't go into too much detail. I don't want to go into too much detail of it, but it was his speech was more poignant than most speeches for a father of the bride speech mm. just because of the history. Him and Nick, they love each other very much, but... It, uh, Derek was a funny character, like he was very deadpan, very like, not deadpan, but like, he was deadpan, but he just wasn't affectionate at all, never gave hugs or told I love yous and all that stuff. They had a very unique relationship. And it it was almost like everybody in the room knew that his speech, everyone was like, oh, is he going to say I love you? Is he going to be nice? Or is he just going to rip the piss? It was like very anticipated. And um, he actually, for him, he showed a side to himself that he'd probably never shown anybody before. Wow. Mm. And he showed it in front of everybody he knew. And, and he showed it at the end. And he, 
and he, yeah, and it was very poignant, and it was like almost like this is a film. This is yeah, this yeah, is yeah. some sort of film. This is can't be happening. This is like too, like I don't know, poignant, and significant mm. beyond just just your dad dying. Mm. It was like so, but it, it but essentially what it did was I had to then. I was already before the wedding. I knew that the cracks were happening with unknown epic. The wedding was obviously stressful as per yeah, usual yeah. as the wedding is, and I was kind of like. After the wedding, the plan was to quit all of the social media stuff. It was literally the wedding was like, we get the married and I'm going to go f- full pelt on mm. an epic. And then that happened. And then from that, the relationship between me and Jake started to crumble as well. All of the projects that, obviously there was a huge dark period. Uh, and then all of the projects that, so a few months later, decided, well, you know, um, Life's too short, got to go for Unknown Epic, get back on the track. But I guess through my own trying so hard and in grief still and totally shattered, deep down my confidence had disappeared. I was such a confidence person, such a confident person. Deep down, my confidence had had completely gone because I felt like I was letting Derek down. Mm. Like his last thing was to pass me his daughter, like mm. symbolically giving her away. And he had more of a traditional sense of what a job was. And we were a bit mad for going traveling and mm, didn't yeah, quite yeah, agree yeah. with that direction. And I know he liked me, but he didn't. He probably wished I was just like a doctor or whatever, you know, something a bit more stable. Um, but yeah, I just, I felt like I, all, of, all of a sudden I was like, I'm, I'm not supporting my wife. Like mm. she needs me more than anything and I'm I'm failing because I'm not I'm doing my dream you know I'm being selfish and I'm letting her down and then and then the projects that we had all lined up that were huge amazing things sort of like with like partners and everything all one by one started dropping off dis- disappearing for different reasons you know different business reasons or whatever and it, it, then me and Jake were falling out more and more and I found myself like fucking rock bottom like mm. totally like my dreams have been shattered my wife's I'm let her down I'm still grieving over Derek I'm still I don't know what the fuck I'm doing I've got nothing and I was entirely like depressed and just felt like I'd let uh, the world was gone like it was just like don't know what the f- don't know what's going on yeah that was rock bottom the, the, yeah, nappies, yeah, were, yeah. the nappies were a holiday yeah <laughs> <laughs> the on the boat were a holiday compared yeah, to that. yeah yeah so it was like it was yeah dark, dark and how were things between you and Nicola at that point I think between us it was still good like we we were very, very much in love still and but I felt really like I was letting her down and the fact that I was then down probably more at points than she was and it was her dad yeah, who died sure. and then I was like oh my god I'm giving her my, my burden as well mm. and it was just compounding this all everything just felt shit (laughs) it's interesting we've talked lots about comfort zones getting uncomfortable getting comfortable with the uncomfortable and Mm. stepping from the known into the unknown and making it the known again and and all of this and and one of the reasons that we're so bothered bothered about this is that um it doesn't matter how well you organize your life how ordered it is shit happens that's right yeah, yeah. and yeah. and and i think you know i'm really so clear that 
if you can build your resilience by stepping into the unknown and get used to it, that it will help you. It will help you because you've been there before and you have got through it. So I suppose the question is now, you know, you've hit rock bottom. What happened? Well, I don't feel, I don't feel like of all of that uncertainty and all of the adventure and all that stuff that had come before, none of it was applicable. It was no. a completely different thing. It was like, I'd never lost anybody close. No, okay. And I think for most people who have, or, you know, when you're younger, you might not have yet, but it's a massive pivot. It was a massive, it was a realization that, you know, Life's we, we all die yeah. and oh shit, like it actually happens to people and this yeah. stuff happens. And I think where, remember before you were asking me earlier about, um, you know, where did confidence come from or whatever? Like I'd just been, I'd just been coasting. Like I'd been having a great life. I'd been like, yeah, everything's yeah, fine. Yeah. Da, 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 da. There was the nappies moments, but yeah, we'll get but over it was, those. But it yeah. wasn't that bad, you know, yeah. and then it was like, shit's real. Like this is, it, like it just, it changed my whole perspective and my whole ex on existence itself. Yeah. Because you it, can't change it. It was totally, yeah, it was totally, it was totally the depths of like, yeah. of everything. And, and at the time it was, and again, it felt, it was this compounding thing because I felt selfish for feeling down yeah, on yeah. myself because actually I need to be a strong rock for my wife and and then I felt selfish for being like oh well, my dream oh no first world problems your mm, dream business mm. did fell through you yeah. know um, but it was like like you said I felt like I found my diamond or whatever I felt like it was like oh it's so exciting and then and also the fact that it was just this high to this low so quickly mm. had ec echoing effects of that and even even now I get whenever something feels so great I get this woof wave of like oh shit what's gonna happen next mm. this echo of like that means something really bad's gonna happen now and i had to i got help at that time i i had to what happened next was i realized you know cycling to as far as you can cycle to like the end of shore and beach you know industrial estate and crying for fucking hours is not is not good like <laughs> on your own you know this is not good like i need to do something because otherwise i'm any dark, any darker a path in my mind, and it would have been like a, it w I would have been suicidal. And I don't think I wasn't at the time. I was like finding, I was trying to find find a way to not be. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Because I knew that this is this is what they talk about of like depression and the darkness of of being that in that place. I was very close. I feel to that that path, but um, I was like, well, I just need to get help then, and. Yeah, got some got got help and like counselling for and just speaking to people about it. And, yeah, yeah. And um, and that was a, you know, started on the journey to to feel better about things. And then um, again, the the thing I, t I told you before about Barry. <laughs> yeah, it was a very unconventional way to to ther self therapy. Is that what you call it? But I bought this little van. So we was, we, we called went Barry. On, called Barry. My Barry, brother's called Barry. Barry the super carry. <laughs> tiny little, and this is another thing about, you know, I think another reason about tiny islands. So I, I like things minimal and uh, succinct. Anyway, I bought this tiny little van. We fell in love with these little vans, the little 
vans that you drive around in and in philippines or whatever and yeah yeah okay yeah. great fun like yeah, yeah. i was like Matt, i remember being there imagine turning one of these into a little <laughs> camper van like world's smallest camper van and laughing about it and we even got pissed on on we, we went on our honeymoon a few few months later because it was all paid for and we felt like we needed it and it was a weird honeymoon it wasn't all yeah. full of joy uh it was but anyway, we 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 got pissed and bid it on a one on eBay and, <laughs> uh, and didn't and didn't win it. But because we didn't win it, it was like right, we got to get one now. Yeah. And then a few months later, I was like, I need to just do something. Um, that to give was, you some focus. To give me some focus that was completely different to social yeah. media, to fucking adventure yeah, yeah. company, to anything. Because you were you had were sort of, all you were doing was thinking about being feeling shit about feeling shit. Yeah. yeah okay. Like, yeah. How am I going to get out of this? Yeah. And. I've always loved making things and back to the creating thing. It was like, I just need something to rebuild my confidence that is just something completely different. So I got this van, parked it on the double yellow lines outside a flat and just started like making it into a camper van. And every day just going out there, like fixing a little bit, seeing a little bit of physical yeah, yeah. progress, um, you know, and just uh, with the goal of like in two months time, we're driving it to the Pyrenees. So it was another adventure. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but like it was that, was like therapy for me i was i was just completely immersed in like solving a puzzle which i loved something i loved doing solving a puzzle making something with my hands and just just doing it and and luckily i have an amazing wife who supported me in that and and my my, um and my mother-in-law as well who who lent us some money to to actually buy it and just they just trusted that that's what I needed to do. I just needed to and it was. sit around. And it was what I needed to do. And the, the, the so I was just thinking as you were explaining that to us that I think some people might listen to this and wonder how has he not got a job like devoting his life to this and then bidding on this van and and um, and like how are you funding this and how are you doing that? But is that the, just the from the support of others? The truth is we spend very, very little money. Yeah. We've, we've, all, we've never spent like we, from that traveling thing of like you know you can survive on this much our friends are like how the fuck do you do what you do yeah, yeah. <laughs> we go to festivals we've done this we mm. go traveling we get this there and there how do you do it it's because we don't don't buy clothes mm. i've lived my life on hand-me-downs from three older brothers <laughs> you know <laughs> i've got used to not buying clothes but just yeah. like finding things in whatever you know yeah. buy the odd train pair of trainers whatever but don't spend money on shit mm. like don't drink down the pub um not to say I don't drink, but I don't spend regular money on this or that. Yeah, yeah. Um, we never we. So you 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 don't you, even spend very you're, you're, very little. Yeah, you're conscious, totally you, conscious of what you're we spend. not. Yeah. You're not living your life on autopilot when it comes to your money. No, it's always been doing what everybody else does. We've always been in a mode of saving to get the most out of our money to get more time. And so, even though we lived in Brighton, you know, I one I think the year that year I think I earned like overall nine grand or something. And I've got friends who are on like 50 grand and they're like, they are on skin. It's like, you, yeah. you're not, you're just spending loads of money. Yeah. And and I, I managed to, we managed to survive on, and Nicola's, Nicola's you know, NHS uh, assistant. So she's not earning a great amount. She was never earned a great amount, but we've always just spent very carefully and just not spent money on stuff. Yeah. And it's amazing how much money you have when you don't spend it. Yeah. And so we just kind of just, lived frugally really so you spent what was it three months about i spent about six weeks okay on the double lines outside the flat every know. day getting out there and just probably not it. every day but most a lot of time it, it it took over my mind for mm. for a good six weeks but i loved it i loved it 
and I was just I was escaping from everything else and I was just making this van with the purpose of going on this other adventure did, did you see it as self-therapy at the time do you think um oh, I don't know what I saw it as I think you just went with the flow because it was working for you yeah I, by the sounds of I it I think that I knew that I couldn't go and do something that like had any weight in yeah. terms of like the business had had gone crashed the and you'd agreed with jake by that point that we're this is not working out for us yeah no he, he moved to, to, to bali i said i want to do it one day still but i just had to just not do it right now yeah we, we both just had to take a rest on it um and yeah we and and the thing was me and jake did we didn't f like we didn't fall out fall out i guess we tr really tried not to fall out but we did it totally changed our relationship which was really sad because at the same time as feeling like this was another factor to my depression was that when i felt like i needed this person i'd spent the most time with my best mate i felt like i needed him mm. <clears throat> as just as a mate but because it was like what was happening with the business we've i didn't have my bet i lost my best mate as well mm -hmm. i felt totally alone yeah and I didn't feel alone because of Nicola, but I didn't feel like I could burden her with mm. it because she had, she was grieving as well. And so I felt totally alone. Yeah. Um, I lost my my best friend as well. And we, we, we're we friends now. We speak and we're, it's all cool, but it took a long time. It took a very careful, like negotiation of process mm. to get out of there. But that's another story. But yeah, so I, so yeah, Barry sort of gave me enough confidence to go when we got to the Pyrenees. That's when I started Touch Video Academy around that time because it was like, Oh, hang on. Well, actually, people are asking me how have you made these videos? Because on these tr on travels and on honeymoon, and I'd been making videos with with a phone. Because again, I love minimalism and keeping it simple and the creativity thing. And people started to ask, "Oh, how have you done that with just your phone?" And so I started teaching them, and people, I pay you to do that, and I was, like, "Oh, I'll do a workshop." And then I did that, and then it, boom, 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 it's, it worked. It spiraled into, "Oh, this could be a really good business. Like people want this." Um, and so it gave me enough confidence to just do that when I got back from this this trip with Barry. <laughs> <laughs> and so you so you found like the thing that you could put the next phase of your life into the next focus, which was yeah. building up like this business mm. around teaching people to make great videos with their phones. Yeah. Um, but I know because of the conversation we had at the time that the unknown epic that wasn't resolved and there's that was still lingering yeah that so was hard yeah. how did that how did that kind of come back into your life and then ha maybe bring us closer to today in terms of how you're thinking about it um so i it, doing touch video academy i started to earn a bit of money again and i was like okay this could be an income um very soon it's i love it i love filming and i love teaching people and again i could see the confidence from people when i was showing them people who were like technophobes oh, i can hardly use this thing and then they're filming a video and you see them oh wow look at what i've done and i get in, i was getting the little hits of the confidence giving mm. you know buzz again um but the i still wanted i still always wanted to do wanted to get back to the adventures and then when the time came and i thought and i was doing like i was almost secretly doing groundwork uh for, for unknown epic and the trips that i wanted to do like doing more research now and then stealing time and it felt a bit like it felt a bit underground, felt a bit naughty because mm. no one knew and I was doing this groundwork. And then when I said to Jake, oh, by the way, look, because we still owned 50-50 of what was left, which was basically some kit and a, and the name, the brand name and, mm. and some audience. Um, we, I just sort of said, um, 
oh, I'm gonna I'm gonna take on unknown epic. I'm gonna crack on. He's in Bali, and he he he'd already explained that he didn't want to do it. It's not for him, and that was that. But as soon as I said I'm gonna take it on, I'm gonna carry on. And can you do you mind signing over your your half because I like you know it's, it's half of nothing. But I want to keep the name and I want to just continue it. It start the problem started to come up again. Mm. So he was like, oh, hang on a minute, maybe I want to do. It. And then we went. For, I won't go into it because it just became a messy thing between friends that became ridiculous and just stupid we were arguing over nothing it was just a name yeah. so it ended up being the resolution after a while was just look, look you take the name if you want the name you take the name and I'll take the I'll rename it but I'm going to take the people who signed up for an adventure company because mm. if you're not going to make it an adventure company and make it something else that's cool and I really want him to do whatever he wants to do and we wish each other the best we genuinely do but if people have signed up to what we started, I'm going to carry that on. Mm -hmm. So I'm just going to rename it and carry on. Um, so that's what I did. Called it Unlost. Um, and I'd been planning stuff in the background uh, with the, the castaway, going back to that island I talked about earlier and, and these different things. It was like, we can, this could be something good. And I realised at, at the start of this conversation, I mentioned Indiana Jones. And one of the trips we did with Jack again, Jack Hubbard was based on the Goonies, the moment in the Goonies where you go down, where they go down the natural water slides, right? Yeah. Um, and kid, every kid watches that and just like, yeah. oh, I fucking want to do that. <laughs> uh, and there's moments as a child in childhood that you think of these things and you think, well, you never get actually going to get to do it, are you? You know. But <laughs> and I thought that combination of of having an adventure, going through just an an, ad an adventure as we've been talking about but combining that with something that you never thought you were ever going to do and actually getting to do it is like a even bigger killer yeah, combination yeah, yeah, one number one having lots of fun and number two giving you the confidence to go shit if i can actually do that all right i'm not actually in that same cave but i'm having the same experience i'm mm. getting that same feeling of being with my best mates going down water slides in rocks after going on this adventure then what the fuck else can i do in like like it opens up doors it makes yeah. you think things are possible if you look a little bit differently you don't have to do exactly the same and you don't have to you know there's ways you can have that same feeling and that same experience of something you thought was impossible but actually is now possible and that's what unlost was about it is about it's like combining the adventures with tape being inspired by your moments of childhood like joy mm. and like excitement and wonder and creating adventures now that taps into that feeling and gets you to do that because this it's a even bigger it's an even better recipe for giving people that confidence and and having a great time so, so would you is, <coughs> is is it all about well to what extent is it about giving people confidence um or is that just a byproduct i think it depends on i think from a personal point of view it's you know i'd be lying if i didn't if i said it's nothing to do with me just wanting to go and do awesome stuff yeah, no, no, no. and that's <laughs> totally. perfectly justifiable yeah. um in fact, and having them making that my job yeah. like yeah, from yeah. a personal yeah too right but i'm actually in i'm actually <laughs> this week having quite a a bit of a a bit of an an internal crisis around what i'm doing with unlost because it is about giving people confidence but I'm more and more aware, especially through my travels and witnessing firsthand the effects of climate change, what traveling, Can the do. physical effects of mm. traveling and flying does. Um, but I also know how powerful it is on a personal level. 
I know I've we've you know we've made many of our choices as much as we don't spend money we're really good with waste you know we're really conscious of the stuff we do like not consuming not eating not eating meat not eat not using water energy everything we're really quite tight on it all mm. and that's from seeing stuff tra- and, and having the experience with our traveling so it is about giving people confidence and it is about me having an awesome time but i'm increasingly like oh shit this is actually quite to just take people back you know 10 long haul flights back to the philippines every once every few months it's going to be quite damaging i'm now in the position where i've almost stopped progressing with unlost until i find a good way of it being an overall positive impact for those people to take those crit- mm. trips beyond the carbon footprint so i suppose the question is if if people if you can take people the other side of the world and it transforms their life and gives them confidence that might be worth it yes oh and also it's not just them personally but give it interweaving um something within that trip that makes them aware of makes them more potently aware of the of climate change not just on the news but actually you've seen the reef that was a beautiful reef yeah a couple of years ago now it's completely fucked so you've got to find a way where on balance it's not about doom and gloom it's about optimism yeah it's it's net positive effect yes net exactly that's i'm stealing that because that's what i've been trying to think of i've been saying in a really long-winded way yeah but a net positive effect of taking people on these trips beyond just person my personal gain and their personal gain if if they then go home and change their lifestyle because they've realised yeah. that they need to, yeah, and the ripples that and come the ripples from that, that come from that, and then yeah. potentially influencing helping family members do the same, yeah, then it's got a net positive effect. If we didn't go on that trip, then maybe they wouldn't have had those experiences, and now they're making that those choices positively yeah. in life. So it's for me, it's it's got a multitude of reasons why I still want to want to pursue it and do it, um, and I'm still very much doing. Um, Touch Video Academy is my main source of income because it is so much easier to deliver. People mm. want it. Mm. Yeah, I yeah, have yeah. the product. There's a market I just turn for it. up. Yeah. You know, with Unlost, it's a bit more multifaceted. I'm trying to sell a dream. I'm trying to sell, you know, I'm trying to, I'm, I'm trying to tap into people's childhood joys and thinking that trust me to take them. And it's just a bit more complicated in getting that across succinctly and people going, Hey, I want to go get stranded on a desert island, but know that I'm going to get saved <laughs> and have a have a little bit of luxury after to recover. Yeah. Or, hey, I want to go and go on the world's longest toboggan run down a mountain, uh, but be all right and be safe. Kim's a man, you know. That <laughs> are you are you beyond thinking or or being concerned about feeling like you haven't got a proper job now? <laughs> totally, totally. I. I in the talk that I did with the Happy Start of Summer Camp every week, I drew, the only way I could think about it was to draw, draw a curve of my confidence. So starting, in, you know, as a kid, yeah, yeah, really confident, ups and downs, ups and downs, and then bang, down to what we've just spoke about, down to the depths. And I'm, I'm still not where I was. You know, I'm still not, like, thinking anything's possible. Um, I'm still, like, having these battles in my mind of, like, shit, should I be doing this? Am I being responsible for my family? Because what if it doesn't work and I can't support my family you know i'm still got a lot of self-doubt and i'm not back to where i was um but i i have much more confident in knowing that i can i don't need to go get a job i can find i knew i'm confident if i needed to get a job i could get a job just because of the experiences i've now had Mm, yeah and also um i think touch video academy allowed me to 
work on a business that I wasn't so precious about in terms of its branding and its output. It had to be perfect. With the adventure company, it was so close to what I want to do. It was like I'm building my dream and the perfectionism was was stifling it. Yeah, yeah. Whereas with Touch Video Academy, it's kind of more black and white. It's like, well, this is what people need and I can just give them what they need and I can recognize that. And also, it just allowed me to, it was almost, a, it, it's Touch Video Academy for me is a side project that is making my full-time wage. Yeah, yeah. And the main thing that, I really want to do my passion main passion lies is, is the adventure company so you've got your love project and you've got your mortgage project which yeah you know, but, but I'm also finding that I'm also I'm lucky that I am finding those moments of giving people confidence yeah, in yeah, the yeah. Touch Video Academy yeah, yeah. Which is what, to be honest, is the only f- is the thing which keeps me enthusiastic about it. Yeah, it's interesting. Just coming back to that point, because I've, I've heard this come up a few times actually, where the there's a zeitgeist in our world of um, you know, find your passion and then make that your work mm. and I th- often I do see that 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 the, the the passion is so close to the heart that actually trying to get it um tr- tr- trying to retrofit it into work often can be quite damaging to to both yeah because, because of the perfectionism exactly yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. it's yeah, just yeah. it's almost the, or, or the other thing that happens yeah. is that because it's so the, representative of you it's like a yeah it's a but, reflection but, of you but, but there's a there's another aside that i see which is that out of the need for it to become work and provide an income it can dilute the excitement and energy of where the passion comes from so, so i just wonder is that something that yeah. you've experienced because because to many people having the two separate businesses and like you know that that might be kind of confusing and hard mm. i wonder whether actually it's almost the, the perfect marriage i think initially because it was my first business i attempted to, to run and that being the dream business first i didn't have a clue how to run any business which was good in a certain aspect but also bad because you aren't able to apply what you've learned in, in something more conventional yeah. or like that hasn't been so you doing touch video academy has allowed me to to learn i've learned so much more in short time because i've just um because i've just learned uh you know business skills that i didn't have because i was too clouded by the perfectionism but the so i think that but if you've got experience in in businesses or working or doing whatever it is and you can then apply it to your dream then that's a better situation mm. because you you can just use what you've learned and apply it just tweak it to a, to what you really want to do with your passions but going back to what you did the actual question about learning uh, about taking away from the joy of it um if you have pressure to make money then you're in a survival mindset mm. you're like you have to say yes to things that you wouldn't ordinarily say yes to and you end up down paths where you didn't want to be mm. if you're not in a survival mindset and you don't have to say yes to the person going oh, i love your business this is great can you do this for us but it's off on a different tangent to not what you want to do, then you can more comfortably say no. That's right. Yeah. And when you can say no to stuff, you can choose what you say, what you say yes to. Mm. So I've definitely found that having that freedom to say no or to not go down routes that I'm following the money. Yeah. It, it might mean that it takes me five more bloody years to make unlost a profitable business. But that'll be but okay. Business okay. Will be, it's the better route. Yeah, yeah, well, yeah. Business will be what I want it to be and I'll keep the passion for and it. And I think often what people miss is um, when they're not saying no, what the opportunity cost was of saying yes. I think because that's right. you don't know what yeah. might have been. You know, you don't know what other opportunities might have found. Well, because you it's taken up the space. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Mm. Um, okay. Thank you, Kim. So, where should people go find you? Where can they learn more about what you're up to? 
Um, touchvideoacademy.com um, and uh, yeah, on, on social media as well uh, about all the, all the video stuff and smartphone videography and um, Unlost Co. So I had to give it a co because Unlost was taken by loads of stuff. So it's unlostco.com without, without the dot. It's yeah. just unlostco. Dot com. Dot com. Or, okay. or on Lost Co on Instagram. Yeah, or Kim's Laid and you'll find yeah, stuff yeah, from yeah. there. Yeah. Awesome. Thanks so much. And uh, I'm just going to finish by saying thank God for Barry. Thank God for Barry. God bless Barry. Because <laughs> he's my brother. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's it, folks. For show notes, head over to the website at www.lifedonedifferent.ly where you'll find links, a quick summary, and you can also explore other conversations. If you're enjoying this podcast, then please tell your friends, give us a good rating, and remember to subscribe. We're also really keen to hear your feedback, so please do let us know what you think and give us your ideas over on Twitter. You can tweet us at LifeDoneDiff, that's double F. 